Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Report Podcast. My name is John. I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matthew. How are you, sir? John, I'm great. How are you doing? Well, you know, I'm surviving the coronapocalypse. Yeah. We're all bunkered up indoors trying to survive. You know, it's a weird time uh, to be a Suns fan. It's a weird time to be an NBA fan, a sports fan, a human fan. <laughs> shout out to Adam Stratton for the coronapocalypse. Uh, I told him I'd give him a shout out on that one because I think it's a, a cool phrase. It is. But, but that's what's going on right now. So I guess, you know, as we sit around patiently waiting for the NBA season to resume, I figured we'd have a fun little podcast. Not because we have to, because we want to. Because we don't have to, yeah. but we want to. I like to talk about anything. So you give me mm-hmm. a microphone and a platform, and I'm going to talk. Oh, we know that, baby. <laughs> so uh, welcome to the, the Ask Us Anything podcast on the Suns Report. The first question I have for you before we go into everything that we have is, how are you spending your time? At home. What are you doing? I'm stocked up at my home. I'm waiting for um, MLB The Show to come out. I know you're playing 2K, right? Yeah, NBA I'm actually pa- I'm passing my time. What I've done yeah. is I have created a season, and I have all historical teams. I've got I'm playing with the 0405 Phoenix Suns. I have, you know, there's the 92 93 Bulls, the 71 72 yeah. Milwaukee Bucks, you know, so That's exciting. As I go through my season, it's it's really nerdy. It's just something to do. I'm, no, I'm, but everyone's everyone's a gamer now, man. So you don't have to worry. Like even no. the players, I mean they all play, but now mm-hmm. everyone's turning into a, a gamer. So <laughs> Well, that's what I've been doing. I would be playing my career, but I went back onto my career where I had like a 92. I haven't yeah. I haven't played it in probably about a month. But my guy was a 92, and it was all deleted. I was a 60 again. What? And I don't even want to go through the whole process of trying to reach out to 2K and get it restored. Whatever. Nah, I'll, it's too late now. Yeah, I'll just play, you know, some uh, some historical seasons, and then yeah. when MLB The Show comes out, I'll start playing yeah. oh, that. Oh, reading reading books. I don't want to act like I'm lame, so I'm reading books. What are you reading? Snakes and Suits. Okay. It's about psychopaths at work. It's actually um, fairly, fairly interesting, man. So I try to read like 10 pages a day. It's about psychopaths at work? Yes, because we all work with psychopaths. Do we? Yes. Shit. Yeah, so I can basically prescribe people medicine now and all that. I know what to do. (laughs) So that I'm not wasting time. And I'm uh, working on my golf game too. I'll be doing that. I got to work. Never mind. (laughs) I can't do that. Oh, you're not working from home? No, not yet. Yeah, me neither. I'm waiting. I still have to go in every day. Yeah. Deal, risk your life, right? Deal, deal with the risk bull, your life. Deal man. with the bullshit. So, well, we're gonna pop right into the podcast. I'm gonna pop into this beer. We're gonna drop this beat, and this is the Ask Us Anything podcast. So normally on our weekly recaps, we have the Suns Report response segment in which we have our listeners reach out to us, provide us with some questions, and we answer those questions. What we decided to do for this podcast is to take that little segment and turn it into a whole podcast. And we're going to continue to do this for the foreseeable future. For So every Tuesday, we're going to get the Suns Report response essentially blown up into the Ask Us Anything podcast. Yeah. So. You know, you can always hit us up on Twitter at the Suns Report. You can hit us up. Uh, you can email us the Suns Report at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook. You can follow the Suns Report page there. I'm at Darth Voida. He's at Matthew Lissy. So we'll be putting the the tweets out and the questions on Facebook out prior to the podcast. If you want to hit us up and respond to that 
and let us know what your Please questions do. are. Any, it can be anything. 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 It's ask us anything. It's not ask us anything yeah. about the Suns. Yeah. Which we're, that's what we're going to pop into. The first few questions are about the Suns, which are fantastic. I'm going to, I love talking Suns. But if you want to talk about Star Wars, I'll freaking talk about Star Wars. I don't care. Again, yeah. give me a microphone. I'm going to, I'm going to talk. <laughs> so, so without further ado, you ready for the first question, I'm Matthew? Ready. What you got, man? All right. Here we go. From Herschel Atlaha on Facebook, he asks, how can the Suns work on their rotations of a healthy roster? So kind of a, a weird question. I think that what Herschel's talking to is, how can the Suns get better on their rotations when they have a healthy roster? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are your thoughts on that? Excuse me? I'm sorry, I'm really <laughs> confused with this question. What is it again? How can the Suns work on their rotations when they have a healthy roster? Okay, um... So working on the rotations when you have a healthy roster, mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that what they've been doing? No. I mean, when they have a healthy roster, you mean just next season where we're healthy for five games and someone gets hurt? Is that what you're talking <laughs> or about? When, or when the season resumes and everybody's healthy. Yeah. How can we, what, can, what do our rotations look like yeah. that make them better? Because Monty has had a hard time with rotations this year, has he not? No, he he definitely has, and he's still trying to figure it out. So, yeah, so, I mean, you, so help Monty figure question. it out. Yeah, yeah, you take this question, you answer it first. Okay. I'm having a hard time with this podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, again, give me a microphone and I'll talk. Okay, well, the first thing he needs to do is one thing that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, is ensure that there's always that playmaker on the floor. And it's something that Monty Williams has done a good job of doing this season by subbing Ruby out, Rubio out first and leaving Booker in the game. And then when Booker comes out of the game, Rubio's coming in the game. I think that when they're when Rubio first goes to the bench, it needs to be Carter coming off the yeah, bench. Yeah. No Akobo. We're done with Akobo. No Moss, please. I think that when uh, Bridges is coming off, you need to see Cam Johnson come in the game. Now, again, we're talking about if they're all healthy. Yeah. The perfect world, which only happens on NBA 2K. <laughs> That's why I don't mean to sound illiterate, like just, you know, or like a freaking dummy. You know, you can call me a dummy if you want, but I'm just saying, like, in the NBA, everyone's always hurt. So I yeah. feel like it's just figuring out the rotations when people are hurt. That's a difficult part. I feel yes. like if I feel like Monte knows who he has, but when you have Aiden out, he's out like two games here or there. Mm-hmm. It's been happening. Mm-hmm. Booker's the only one that's been consistent this year, which is a big surprise. Yeah, because he's why, normally hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, you can play Booker whenever the hell you want. Rubio's been in and out kind of a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think figuring it out when you have injuries is more of a question to where we can answer. You know what I mean? Just because I feel like... Yeah, it's like if if Aiton's out, how do you approach your rotations there? Yeah. If Booker's not playing, how do you ro- approach yes. those rotations there? So I appreciate your question, Herschel. Wait, okay, so let me just finish answering it. Um, the only thing with players that we have that are being paid, like a Tyler Johnson, high money, I feel like those kind of players are going to... They're going to play just because we're paying them. So mm-hmm. we got to figure out, you know, are we going to have this guy? I know he's trade bait. That's another reason you play the guy into a rotation is because let's see if we can get him good minutes to where a team might want him for the money. Mm-hmm. So there's always things like that that go into it. I know you think just X's and O's. Is this player playing great or not? Elliot Kobo, I mentioned it before, Monte is probably trying to give him minutes in the rotation because he wants his confidence to build. Maybe he sees something in them we don't. So you, you have a lot of that going into what can form as the rotation for the Suns. Um, in the NBA, there's no consistency. There's just not, unless you're LeBron and you know, you're know you freaking nature. You're going to play every game. You don't have that here. So going trying to build it around the actual injuries is the biggest 
thing for the Suns. I feel like they've done a better job. And Monte's still figuring it out. I don't think he'll figure it out till next year. Obviously with no games, but uh, it might take him even another year to figure this thing out. Yeah, there's just too many variables. Too many. There's yeah, there just, is. Just, just too many variables. So Herschel, I guess, how can the question, Suns though. work on their rotations of a healthy roster? Get, 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 get healthy and work on it. I don't know. <laughs> This is going to be a horrible podcast. <laughs> no, it's awesome. All right. Alexander Stone on Facebook asks, should the Suns rehire Dan Marley as an assistant coach? Now, Dan Marley was axed from Grand Canyon University following not making the tournament this year. And it was really weird because GCU pretty much said we were looking forward to you know him becoming a D1 school, which they did under Dan Marley's yeah. tutelage. And then they wanted to become the next Gonzaga. It's like, well, hold the fuck on. Gonzaga's made the tournament like 22 straight years. Yeah, but years. who said that? Like, I don't know. Somebody at GCU? Have you? Yeah, I don't I don't understand where that came from. We're going to be the next Gonzaga that quickly. I feel like no one even knew. How long has GCU been around? Oh, quite some time. But, so, but, but they've been a D1 school for like four years. But did you even know they existed until Dan Marley got there? Yes, because I live I in didn't. Phoenix, but well, no, but I they're hidden in Phoenix in the weirdest neighborhood. You know, it's yeah, it's just it's in a part of town where you didn't think a college would be or a uh, university, well, especially like a Christian college. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So nothing to like say that the college is a, it's a bad looking college or anything like that. It's just I didn't know it existed because I never go on the side of town. So mm-hmm. until Dan Marley got there, I bet you half the people in this state didn't know GCU existed, or at least unless where you're my it was. mom or dad. Yeah. yeah. So all right, so answer that question. You put though. him on the map. Should should the Suns rehire him? I don't think you do. Why? Because anything in the last ten years the Suns have tried it. Like we had the McDonough Award. Any yeah. any player that comes back and like puts up twenty two against the Suns wins the McDonough Award. Mm-hmm. This is a McDonough guy. This is a guy that was, you know, we thought as Suns fans should have been the next coach. He was not. I don't think you want to bring that back into this organization because if something goes bad again, it'll look even worse. I would like him to be assistant coach. I like Dan Marley. I don't know him personally, of course, but he's a cold beer drinking son of a bitch. <laughs> and everyone would love to hang out with him. But I just don't want anything from the past 10 years to come into what we're building here now at Phoenix. Even though he was part of the 90s Suns, great culture, maybe he would be okay. But just because of what happened to McDonough, just a bad taste. So if we brought back Dan Marley, he would be the ultimate McDonough Award winner. He would. Yes. <laughs> we'd have to yeah. name we probably should name it the Thunder Dan Award at that point. Yes. No, I agree with you. I, I and a lot of Suns fans are asking this. You know, I saw an article the other day where they're like, no, they should bring him in as assistant coach. Uh, I get I get why you would want to do that because he has that connection to the past. Yeah. But he's got a connection to the past that's both positive and negative. He's got a connection to the Suns that went to the finals ninety three. He's got a connection to Mariah McDonough and that whole shit show yes. of a coaching carousel. So I want to stick with yes. Monty's vision. If Monty wants him, then. Yeah, if Monty wants him, that's okay. But I don't want the Suns to go, no, you, we hired him to yes. help you because he's part of our past. No. He, Dan Marley will do what he used to do. He's always just hold a clipboard and sit on the sidelines. Yeah. That's not going to sell any tickets. It's not. So No, obviously not. All right, next question. This one comes from at on Andrew Kamano on Twitter. What are the Suns' offseason priorities? Because the offseason yeah. might, it might effectively have already started. We it talked about it on our week 21 recap, how even though we want to watch more Suns basketball, if you were to tell me that the season's officially over, at least the regular season's officially over, I'm okay with it. Yeah. It's time to start looking at the offseason for the Suns. So if that is the case, what are the Suns offseason priorities for you right now? 
for me, it's just add that one more piece. One more piece. It doesn't have to be huge. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be either like an Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. or it's going to be another power forward that's going to play great for the Suns and their system. Laurie Markkinen's probably out of the way. I don't know if he's going to be... He, I think he's a target, but I don't think the Bulls are going to give him up anymore from what I heard from Gambo, what he's been talking. Um, I just want them to add that power forward. I think Sarge is... But the thing that sucks is Sarge is playing so good now, I think, for the Suns to where... I wish he would be that way as a backup. I don't want him to be my starter, but I just want the Suns to add that one, the one piece and a couple of bench players, but I like the way our bench is playing now. So it's kind of tough. It's like, I love our team so much now. I don't want anybody to leave. I want them to come back and just add that one more piece like an Aaron Gordon or I don't know, just someone else to make a little bit more of a difference. I'm going to agree with you. I think the number one offseason priority is power forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Again, Dario Saric hustles his ass off, but essentially, you know, he's not a starter. Yeah. He's a great bench guy. He's one of those guys you need to come in off the bench and bring the the competitive spirit and the hustle that he does. But power forward's got to be the number one priority. This is going to be one of the most interesting off-seasons for the Phoenix Suns, seeing as they have a, uh, an arena renovation, yes. which is amazing. And the workout facility is going to be finished, which, again, is amazing and can uh, can lure in free agents potentially, even though the free agent class isn't really that great coming, you know, in the 2020 offseason. So, yeah. But I think that the number one priority should be getting that power forward in here, getting somebody who can solidify that starting five. A couple other offseason priorities I would say that I would like for the Phoenix Suns to focus on is making the right pick or trading that draft pick like what they do with that draft pick is really interesting to Mm -hmm. me again i'm a huge obi toppin fan from the university of dayton who is a power forward yeah and he's somebody who i would really be interested in having as a member of the suns but if we don't get him trade that asset trade that pick Mm -hmm. you know so that's an off-season priority for me is trading that pick and then one last off-season priority is just handling your restricted free agents appropriately I want to see what James Jones does with these uh, restricted free agents. I think Elliot Kobo needs to go. I think Javon Carter needs to stay. Yes. Uh, I think Dario Sarch should stay if he is willing to fall in line and be that mm-hmm. backup uh, yeah. four. You know, so those are some of the offseason priorities that I think the Suns yeah, should have. So, uh, thank you very much at Andrew Kamano for that one. All right, the next question comes from Mike Tyson on Facebook. Not the Mike Tyson, but a Mike Tyson. If we can't draft high enough for Obi Toppin, any chance we try to acquire Julius Randle to play power forward as they should have done this past offseason? Great question. Do you want to take that one, Matthew? Yeah. Uh, No, you go first. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, it kind of echoes what I was just talking about. You know, the number one offseason priority for me is getting that power forward. I would love to have Julius Randle. It'd be interesting to see how he fits in with this team just because... He is kind of a, a paint clogger, and we already have DeAndre Ayton, who's a paint clogger. But if I was to rank the guys that I would like to come and join the Suns in the offseason, it'd be Aaron Gordon and then Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. And Obi Toppin would be in between those two. So to, yeah. my, to Mike's question here, you know, if we don't get Obi Toppin, do we make a play at Julius Randle? I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Oh, yeah, me too. You know, I think he would be a, a great addition both offensively and defensively but for the it's, team. It's tough, though, because then do you think that stunts the growth of, like, a Mikel Bridges? Who We've had this starting lineup that plays amazing. I know injuries mm-hmm. injuries happen, but if you get Julius Randle, what's going to happen to Mikel? 
Well, I, but it was the same thing. I can ask you the same question. If they get Aaron Gordon, what happens to Mikhail? Oh, I know. I, I would bring that up too. So yeah. it's kind of hard because I was just saying, like, I've seen what this team can play like all together and they play fantastic. The chemistry is just there. So it's just, I wish I could see this team one more season the way they are now with the starting lineup and everything. I think they have the ability to do that. And James Jones might just focus on the bench. Yeah. You know, we'll see. But the problem is, you know, devil's advocate. Okay, you've got this this starting five that does play really well together. At the end of the day, they're not winning games. You know, so yeah. I mean, it's like, I enjoy these teams. I enjoy this team, I know, I but know. they're not a winning team. They're, they win 40% of their games. That's not good enough to make the playoffs in the National Basketball Association. So change has to occur. Now, here's the other side of that coin. It's saying, give these guys, these young guys, give these guys one more year, and they're going to grow and become better players. You can't sit there and say, Mikhail Bridges, we like you. You only started 20 games, and guess what? You're, re- you're relegated to the bench once again. Here's what I think. If you do make a play for a Julius Randle or a Aaron Gordon, that's a trade. You're trading a piece to get that person in here. I think Kelly Oubre would be the piece that you'd have to trade in order to make that happen. I think that you would take Mikhail Bridges because, to me, he's more valuable long-term. Mikhail Bridges is more valuable long-term. We have control over him for a couple more years. He's still in that $4 million range per season, whereas Kelly Oubre is $17 million mm-hmm. for one more year. So if you can trade that contract out and then move Mikhail to the three, and now you have Julius Randle or Aaron Gordon at your four, that, to me, is a more potent lineup that is does multiple things. One, you have Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker who are playmakers. We were talking about it on our last podcast. Eight plus assists per game, the highest, in, the, the most in the league. They both have the ability to get the ball to guys. And if you give DeAndre Ayton another year down low, being healthy, he's going start to start to score some points. Julius Randle, somebody who can score some points. Aaron Gordon, somebody who's, who can score some points. Kelly Oubre is right now the guy who's, who can score some points, and he's been injured. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if we want this team to be just a complete team, you got to look at how it's structured. You got Devin Booker who can get you 26 points a game. You got Ricky Rubio who can be a distributor. Booker's also being a distributor. You got Aiden who's your download defensive guy who can also score probably about 20 points a game. That's what you want out of him. Now it comes down to that that two and that, or I'm sorry, it comes down to that three and that four. If that three becomes Mikel Bridges, now he becomes your lockdown guy who you're not looking for points from. Okay, just like right now, he's our four mm-hmm. on offense but he's guarding three twos and ones on defense. Yeah. And we're not looking for a lot of points out of him. So add some more offensive slash defensive. You know, if you want an offensive defensive guy, you get Julius Randle. If you want pure offense, you go Aaron Gordon. Make sense? It does make sense. Okay. And it's a tough decision. It's, it's totally, it's totally tough. And one thing we can count on, I feel like with James Jones is nothing like what we put up with McDonough with every trade or anything that happened. The off season is like, what the hell? Cause I feel like James Jones will make a, a smart decision at that. I think he understands what the players want and what they need. You know, I feel like he, I, even with his experience in the league and just most recently, I mean, he's was in the league. Mm-hmm. So he knows what I feel like it's going to take to get this team over the hump. Um, so I trust him to do this. I trust him. The way you broke it down was perfect. And it sounds like a fantastic team. It sounds like a fucking great team, but they're not getting wins. So there has to be something made. If Uber comes back, I would be fine, uh-huh. but I've always been a big Aaron Gordon fan. Mm-hmm. So if we get him, and I've always been a huge Julius Randle fan, we mm-hmm. get him instead of Kelly Oubre, 
I would be okay with it. I wouldn't be very, I wouldn't be like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, the same. But I would be like, all right, let's see how this works. Because obviously we weren't winning. We were winning games when everybody was healthy. I mean, we were just below 500 when everybody was actually starting together. So, but that's still probably not good enough. So, mm. I don't know. It's going to be a difficult offseason because we might have to say goodbye to someone we love. Very true. And again, you look at the key to the Sun's success is got to be that bench. It's yeah, it got to be it is the best, solidifying yeah. that bench. The fact that we have no backup for Devin Booker and we've got four point guard backups isn't productive. Yes. And that's why the Suns are 23rd in the league in bench play. Yeah. And that hurts. And you look at the top 12 teams in the in the league in bench play, 11 of them are playoff teams. So yeah. that's the primary focus. If we, if, if we come back next season, we got the same starting five that we have right here. The Bobra starting five. That's Booker, Oubre, Bridges, Rubio, and Aiton. If that's the same starting five next year, I am absolutely fine as a Suns fan. As long as we solidify that bench. Yep. And okay. that's just really quick. That's counting on Aiton being a star. Of course, and I yeah. think he has the potential to do so. I do too. Well, we'll see. You know what? Before we get to this next question, let's take a break. All right. Our next question on the Suns Report, Ask Us Anything 1.0 podcast, comes from Florentino Lycan Third via Facebook. Can you ask Coach why he never keeps the hot hand in or why he doesn't have a plan to stop someone with the hot hand on opposing teams? Tired of yelling at my TV. Great question, Florentino. Matthew, you want to take this one? Yeah, I mean, this is something I always yell at my TV too for. Yep. I brought it up on the podcast many, many times. When the Suns, the offense, I mean, like the first team, or the first team, the starters, when the starters are not 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 doing great, then they're not feeling it, and then the you know the bench comes in, they get the team back. They're down by 20, but the team comes back, down by two. Then they bring the starters back in. You don't do that. The only reason I think that happens, and I heard it on a podcast, I forget who said it, but it has to do, it might have been Jalen Rose or someone. It has to do with the money they're making, the players that are the starters that are getting paid the most. You want them in because you don't want to upset them. And even if I, I don't know, I feel like Booker would be maybe okay with not finishing a game, but come on. You really think we can finish a game without Booker coming back in, even if he's not having a great game? Or else even like, I brought it up before with like Tyler Johnson trying to figure out how good he is because we're paying him. But I feel like, it has to do with the money and who we're paying to be our starters. Yeah, it's great the bench brought them back, but we need the starters to finish it off. But I'm a big fan of leaving the bench in there because that's why I love Javon Carter now because he's gotten his team into games multiple times and he doesn't stay on the floor. He'll go back to the bench and I don't understand why. And it drives me crazy, dude. But I just think it has to do um, with just who we're paying, dude, and who we're paying to start and who's the face of the fan franchise. I hope you're wrong because that's a horrible way to coach because if you're trying to coach to win, you shouldn't be trying to coach to contracts. Now, I will say nine times out of ten, Booker's involved in those comebacks. He's not sitting on the bench. It's other players around him who are getting hot and helping this team, and then all of a sudden they're getting subbed out, Javon Carter being one that that happens to quite often. Uh, I'm with you, Florentino, on that. It drives me absolutely nuts to see that Monty can't get the rotations down. He can't leave the hot hand in. He's got. He feels obligated to bring in somebody else in who's not hot. And the second part of this question, so true, is why don't we double team guys more? If somebody's hot, why aren't we doubling them? Force them to make a mistake. Force them to get out of the rhythm. Basketball is a game of rhythm. 
So if you got a guy who's in rhythm, whether it's Jimmy Butler or like when we played Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose was in rhythm that whole game. Why don't we just throw a couple doubles at him? The other teams do it to Booker all the fucking time. Yes. Like, I don't know why Monty just doesn't call, hey, let's double. Let's double him. I mean, it's it's cost us games. It, it has. It could have won us games, but it's cost us more games because we don't do that. And we just hope for them to miss. Like, mm-hmm. we hope, okay, and we won games where the player that is hot or else the team that is just shooting great mm-hmm. will miss a couple. Yep. Because we're like, oh, okay, they missed. So oh, here we go. We'll get the <laughs> offense back in it. But that's what sucks is because other teams do double us. They always double Booker. So I feel like that's something that I don't understand. I can't wrap my hand around it. One thing that's reminding me of, though, it's like, you know, when we do, well, I'm really bad at this, but when we do our fantasy drafts for baseball, mm-hmm. I'll have like a situation where, okay, if this guy's taken, this is who I'm going to next. Yeah. But I'm really, I suck at it. But it's like, why do coaches not have that with, why doesn't Monte have that where if this guy's hot, leave him in. If he's not, put this guy in in the situation. If we're three minutes left, put this guy in. Like, there has to be a way that they know which players should go on which, unless they just go by the flow of the game. And they still don't know how to do that. Well, but I mean, if you're going by the flow of the game, then you should leave guys in. Yeah. Unless that guy, unless a timeout's called, he comes out and he's like, Coach, I'm gassed. Like, I can't give you any more. I'm just tired. I've been playing for 15 straight minutes. And if that's the case, then yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, these bench guys are coming in, and they're only playing like five minutes. But in that five minutes, they're they're getting the team. They've cut the lead down, you know, because the the starters got us down by sixteen points. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we're sitting here talking about how much we love like the Bober lineup and all. Yeah, they got us down sixteen points. You yeah, know, you know? I know, I know. You know, but, but it happens some games. It does, but you need a team to win a game. Exactly, dude. And that's where the again, you know, I I agree with you, Florentino. Uh, I'm yelling at my TV all the time. The other thing we've talked about so many times in this podcast is like I don't understand his fourth Monty Williams' fourth quarter rotations where he takes people out, you know, he takes Rubio out with six minutes left and brings him back with like three and a half. It's like that's a vital part of the game. Yeah. You know, so all right, ready for our next one? Yep. All right, from Chris Reeves on Facebook. Where do babies come from, Matthew? I've never had that talk, so I have no idea. Oh, well you see when a man loves a woman. <laughs> babies come from kissing babies come from kissing <laughs> i hope so <laughs> i hope that's all you have to do uh our next question uh i saw this on twitter so this one wasn't directed towards us but every now and then if i see a good question i want to talk about it at espo he's actually uh a co-host of the solar panel podcast on the bright side of the sun network here's a huge sun's question if the nba regular season resumes in may or june Will they have to play at the Madhouse on McDowell due to arena renovations to keep them on schedule? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yes, they would have to. Wouldn't that be cool to go see the Suns play at the Madhouse? Yeah, because i never seen a game there. I saw um, a hockey game there a long time ago, the Roadrunners, a long time ago. Yeah. But that would be awesome because it wouldn't be that much of a downgrade from what they have now. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. So it would be interesting to finish out the season there, dude. I'm down for that. What do you think? I think it would be awesome to go see it at the Madhouse on McDowell. Now, that's where the current the Phoenix Mercury are scheduled to start their season is they're going yeah. from Talking Stick Resort Arena to a smaller arena, which is the Madhouse of McDowell. I was reading an article the other day, and Tom Chambers had mentioned how the Madhouse of McDowell is not a pretty arena. It's kind of a, a working class. You just go there and you, you put the work in kind of arena. You go in there and you look up at the ceiling, which is not nearly as high as Talking Stick Resort Arena, and there's yeah. like ceiling panels. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, it looks Legit. like, it looks like my office, yeah. you know? So it's, it's a really cool I think environment. Awesome. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd be sick. You know, but again, I think that the sun season, you know, may, may be over at this point, but if it, if it's not, and they do come back and they do finish out the last 17 games they have left to play, mm-hmm. I would love to see them at the Madison. Yeah, they would have now. to, they would have no choice. Yep. They would need to. All right. Our last question on the Ask Us Anything podcast is from our sister podcast or, or brother podcast. Sister. Sister podcast yeah. on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. And that's from Fanning the Flames. And that is what conspiracies do you believe in, Matthew? Ooh. Ooh all right. All right. So, this let's, is... so let me start with a couple conspiracies. Yeah, go ahead. And then let me know what you think if these are, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down. All right. 9 11. Do you think that was a hoax? That's tough. I don't want to talk about that. No? <laughs> I don't think it is. There you go. Okay. That's simple. Did we land on the moon? That's tough. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, honestly, I don't know. I think we did once. It's not been recorded. We went there once and that's it. Really? Yep. See, I think we landed on the moon. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think we did Maybe too. I don't believe I don't in think, a lot of I don't think the recordings are real. I think we went to the moon, but some out there is really fucked up and they couldn't go back out. Okay, well that brings me to my next one. Do aliens exist and do the gov- does the government cover them up? Yes. Yeah, I believe I definitely Oh yeah, do definitely. That. Like I mean, Roswell they're slowly like leaking stuff. Like there's people that are in, um, that are in the Navy. I mean, you've seen the, yeah, the fighter yeah. pilots where they're seeing shit and they're admitting to like, yeah, there's things out there. We see shit. I mean, it's slowly going to come out and people will get used to it. Like just warming up to the idea. People will probably go crazy, but yeah, it's definitely, there's things that have happened where we've seen stuff. We have probably, uh, spacecrafts, stuff like that. I mm-hmm. mean, there's stories about that. I, it's not like I don't, I believe in them fully, but there's something there. I mean, how can you not, right? Well, one thing that I think is kind of interesting, like I, I'm with you 110%. Like I, you know, we are not alone, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely believe that. But what's interesting is on any conspiracy that's a government cover-up, who currently has that access to that information is my question. The president? Okay, so if President Trump has access to this information, wouldn't you think he would have told us by now in just like some no, because 3 a.m. tweet? That's the thing with conspiracies because you realize these people that are in these positions, mm-hmm. they are in hallways. They're, they're in hallways before like things happen, before they go to press conferences. Like There's things that are talked about before what we hear from the media. Mm-hmm. So there's what I mean by hallways is, you know, when you're in a hallway, you're waiting to go into somewhere to like have a presentation or you're going into work. There's always that chatter, the chatter between yeah. people that are working. You get to really realize where you're at, what you're doing and who you're actually working for. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, of course he would say, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you if there's aliens or not, but there's more to it. You can't just say like, Oh, there's aliens, you know? Cause you, I get that, but but that's what makes this president so different is he is a Twitter whore. So I feel like there, yeah. there's no hallways. There's no you know place that's like prior to him going out and making a speech, they're having kind of yeah. like a little pregame huddle. Like, well, just remember, President Trump, you don't talk to him. You know, Roswell didn't happen. You know, he, he he's up at three in the morning tweeting. So I'm just surprised that if there were more cover-ups, I feel like Trump... Because he's, you know, I like to say the phrase "keeping it real." Mm-hmm. Like he keeps it real. He lets you know exactly what he's thinking at all times, good, bad, or indifferent, right? So if there is something about Roswell being true, and he has access to that information, yeah. I feel like we would have had access but to that. What's information. Trump about? Money. 
So if if he hears like this is how it's going to be affected if you say anything about aliens, this is how money will be affected. So there has to be some kind of like stock market exchange kind of like a big drop in that if there were aliens. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. There's something more than, you know, of course than what we can see or hear. I so, get what you're saying. Okay, so what conspiracies do you believe in? So what I believe in the, the one that just happened right now with okay. this virus. Go on. So the NBA always, they compete with the NFL. The ratings have been down. The whole all-star game and all that, like where we might have a mid-season tournament, that's just all talk. Mm-hmm. What I've heard too is like even the owners, it's not even a 50-50 thing. A lot of owners don't even want it. So that's what I'm hearing. Okay. And also the thing is, okay, so what the NBA wants to do and what I feel like they've been trying to do is move the season. So you're going to move the season around the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the XFL right now. That might even hurt the NBA's weekend games because people are trendy. They want to watch the weird NFL, like which is the XFL. Yeah, they, they want to go root for something, and it might evolve into more. Here's a way to stop it: you have the virus, then you have <laughs> to stop the games. You have to test it out, and you're moving it to later August. Then you want to maybe start it in December. So this is the best way to try it out is to see how the ratings are. If you come back, and this is why I don't think the playoffs are probably going to start right away because I feel like they're going to see how it is with actually the whole market playing. So for them to actually test it out, this is something Gamble even brought up. And I brought it up on the last podcast, if you can barely hear me over the phone, where I was talking about um, this is a good way to test it out because this is giving them an opportunity to see if the ratings do spike because they're having a hard time with it more than what they would say. The ratings are going to spike regardless because – we're going to go through this period without any sports. So once sports are back on, like everybody's going to tune in. So there's going to be, I'm sure there's some, it's still the same people though. Yeah. But I mean, any, everybody's going to be watching it now. So no, I, but it gives, but they're going to see how, it, how it goes up against the preseason of football. Gotcha. You know what I mean? In August. So yeah, in August you have the championship. No one really cares about preseason football anymore. The NFL is trying to expand to 17 mm-hmm. games, take away a preseason game. Yep. So it wouldn't matter. My conspiracy is this happens and if you look at Adam Silver as a person, the way he looks, <laughs> have if you've ever seen Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad, yes, you know who Gus is? Yes. That is Adam Silver. Okay. Adam Silver okay. is the front of something bigger than we can even imagine. And But to affect the world globally yes. with coronavirus to that's move the NBA conspir- season? Okay, hey, yes, fair. That's you know? my conspiracy. That, that's what conspiracies are for. You know, and They're it, all it, bullshit. Yeah, and of course it's the flu. People are dying, so I don't want to get too crazy about it. That's why yeah. you bring up 9-11. I don't want to talk about it. Like People died, and I don't want to go into it because okay. of the, the way people's lives were affected, and it's happening right now. Mm-hmm. But if you can have a smaller virus, something that doesn't get too crazy... And we can cancel the NBA season for a month and a half and then come back, then this is the best way to do it. Okay. That's an interesting That's my conspiracy that I believe in right now. All right. Well, uh, what about you? Well, I think there was a second shooter on the grassy knoll. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I definitely do. I don't think that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone in JFK. But I'll I'll go with trend or you know kind of what's going on right now with COVID nineteen. You know I won't go as far to say it's a conspiracy because, again, to your point, like we still don't know exactly the long term effects of what's occurring. I don't want to. They do. <laughs> I don't want to uh, disrespect anybody who's going through this hard time and and is dealing with the virus itself. But at the end of the day, I think it's all bullshit, and and that's where I'll start. 
I believe that the cancel culture has, this is the culmination of the cancel culture right now. Because what is the cancel culture? The cancel culture is with the accessibility to media and social media, the last thing anybody wants to do is to get crucified in those realms, okay? You don't want to get crucified on social media because it'll hurt your brand. Everything's a brand nowadays. So you have this virus that's occurring that's no worse than the flu, okay? Again, I, they don't have a cure for it you know, right now. But again, more people die from the flu every year. More, more veterans commit suicide a day than people that are currently dying from this disease right now. And again, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I don't know what, how bad this thing really is. But what I do see is how society's responding to this. And it's fucking ridiculous to me. You think it's that bad? What's that? How is it bad? Because of toilet paper? Oh, sorry. How's it bad? All sports have been canceled. Yeah, but okay. they're, they're put on All hold. public gatherings have been canceled. My job's affected by this. I work in the hospitality industry. Yeah. Okay. People are stopped. They're, they're not traveling. Everybody's staying at home where, you know, is that the right thing to do? I think so. If, if there is a, an epidemic, we're almost getting a play-by-play on how to act accordingly if something were to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what ma- makes it feel so weird and eerie for everybody. But this, this, this virus isn't, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. It's a, it's a cold you know, I get, I get people are susceptible and, and they're, and they're, they're, some people are dying out there, but people die for a million different reasons every day. Yeah. This is just something, it's the fear of the unknown. Okay. And again, going back to my cancel culture conspiracy, the last thing you want to do is be the person who didn't act on something that's very, very, very public right now. Okay. That's why the NBA shut down is because Rudy Gobert tested positive. You have that kind of everybody in that bubble saying, okay, who, who did he play with? Who didn't he play with? Okay. Just shut it down, shut it down. And then mm-hmm. all the other sports followed suit by saying, okay, yeah, we're going to shut it down. Cause we don't want this uh, pandemic to spread, which again, I believe is the right thing to do. If it's like, everyone's turning into zombies and yeah. everybody's brains are turning. Well, to that's mush, what, yeah. You know, but I mean like, I think that it's not that big of a deal and everybody's going crazy, and the line at Costco, I mean, I, I just went there to get food the other day, and I'm like, there's no, what the Nothing. fuck's going on here? Yeah, I understand that part. Um, like, does that make any sense? Like, I feel no, like- it totally I, makes sense. I, but, but, but bringing it back to the, the conspiracy side, I almost feel like it's world governments testing to see how the public responds to pandemics, yeah. or something that- they go, hey, we kind of don't know what's going on here. What do you think, everybody? Everybody's like, fucking, I need toilet paper, yeah. you know, like, and they're kind of seeing what, you know, how what how that pulls the different strings of the economy and how the people react. And and again, you know, it's it's fear that it's yeah. ruling with fear. Everybody's afraid out there. Yeah, I'm yeah. not afraid. I'm going to the movies once we're done with this, man. No, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, you know, no, everyone's just still live their lives. I think the whole thing with people staying home and just like the big group gatherings. That's only because the way social media is now, now that we know there's a virus, mm-hmm. you're going to see the virus as something that is life-ending. And yes. if someone gets sick from it, and if someone went to a game or they're still continuing sports and someone gets sick, everyone's getting sued. Everybody, well, that's, it's that, all about that, getting but, sued. But that's where the cancel culture comes in. Yeah. It's because you don't want to be the one person who came off as negligent yes. you know, for having my point of view that it's bullshit. You can't say yeah. it's bullshit. You know, We live in a world now where you're not allowed to say that anymore. Uh-huh. Another conspiracy. You think this is really the players' money that they're giving everybody? I, it, it might be the, their own money to like pay for everything. I guess uh, Seth Curry and his wife are mm-hmm. giving money to 
um, support like the two meals a day that the kids are missing out on. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome. But like, too, I feel like they have this much money. This is why I never am mad at players for having so much money is because they can do things like this, which yes. is great. It's fantastic. And this is all part of it. It's like, hey, if we can just stop these games for two months max and then go back to it and resume, well, we can make it up. We'll still get money. Everything will come back to power the way it was before. It's just we're going to have to like get this situated where, again, here I go, the NBA schedule is opposite <laughs> of what the NFL is, and they're just going to be red. Both, both of them. I mean, NFL is going to be making tons of money. Yeah, but now it sets up the NBA to just, make a ton of money go, too. You can't go head-to-head with the NFL. You can't. No. I, don't, I don't care how good you are. The NFL is all that matters. They dominate the market. They dominate it. So the NBA needs to find a way around it. This is the best way to around it. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's not. We're just talking. No, <laughs> we're just talking no, crap, man. No, exactly. Yeah. And again, you know, I think that when when things like this happen, when pandemics or natural disasters or, you know, human suffrage is occurring, you yeah. get to see the best side of humanity. And that's where you're starting to see from the players and the owners, how they're taking care of the people mm-hmm. and the local economies that are being affected by this. And it just goes to show you how much good is in the world. You know, and I don't want to in any way, shape, or form discredit anybody and what they're doing because I think that is what makes, you know, being a human and being part of the human experience so special is seeing that we are all naturally good versus naturally bad. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where a lot of conspiracies come from is we think that higher ups or government officials or the, uh, or the New World Order or lizard people are mm-hmm. all naturally bad and they're working against us to hurt us. You know, big pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies, you know, that's another conspiracy oh, yeah. that I'm, I, I thoroughly believe in. You know, I think that the war on drugs and everything is, uh, is unproductive. And the one of the reasons that we don't eliminate or at least control the substances that are coming in from, you know, Mexico and South America uh, is because... The big pharmaceutical companies don't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to sell you their drugs, and because yeah. that's what makes them profitable. So why is anybody going to say no? That's what's good. For, you know, we need to we need to make less money so everybody's better. That's not how the world operates. That's not how it works. You know, we live in a capitalistic society where it's all about making money. So big pharmaceutical companies, to me, those are the enemies. You know, yeah, they do a lot of great things by providing us medicines, and hopefully, you know, that, that that's that's what's going to end this whole COVID nineteen crisis. Is somebody's going to come up with a cure and then boom, they'll make it, you know, affordable. And all of a sudden, no, oh, don't worry about it. You can go to your games now because if we find out you have the pill or you, we find out you're uh, infected with the coronavirus, you mm-hmm. take this pill for 14 days and you're fine. You know, and that, that's what's going to end all this is once they find that cure. So they do a lot of good for people, but they also do, you know, I can't tell you the stories I've heard time and time again from people who've had troubles with the medical industry, charging them way too much or making it inaccessible to get uh, the help that they need, mm-hmm. you know, because again, it's capitalistic and they're just here to make money. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And I feel like they make so much money now and they're trying to find a way to make more money mm-hmm. with rating. I don't know how the hell ratings gives you, it gives you money, but it does in some way. I, I know we can go into that later, but this is a way to take a second back, be like, you know what, we can't, we can't overcome the NFL. We can't go any further. We got to find a way to to get our ratings, to get our money in the NBA, even more. We need more money, so we need to take a step back for a couple months. That's well, my conspiracy. Well, and on your conspiracy, if you think about it, like they own June. They own May, right? Yeah. Uh, they own April. They don't own March because March Madness kind of owns March. Uh, February, January, they own those. But, yeah, but then the regular season starts January, in mid- you have the NFL playoffs. True. 
And then January, you still have bowl games. Mm-hmm. Well, no. A few. December. A few. And then, I'm just saying, well, and then if the XFL comes in, they're going to be every weekend that the NFL is not there. So you got to get rid of them. And this is a good way to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to so, wipe them off the yeah. planet. Do you have any other conspiracies that you believe in? There are a few. I can't think right now. I'm very, I, I, I think we're all both ways around conspiracies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get too crazy. I do like them. I like thinking about them and yeah. I think they do happen. What are your thoughts on chemtrails? Uh, I don't know, man. I never got into that one. Yeah. I, I really have not actually. <laughs> I was with my fiance the other day and we looked up and saw a plane going over. She's like, well, what is that? I'm like, oh, they're making chemtrails, man. She's like, yeah. what are chemtrails? I go, like, oh, shit, I can go down yeah. this rabbit hole. And one good guy to actually follow too is Eddie Bravo. He's on Joe Rogan a lot. Mm-hmm. He's a martial artist. He's really, like, you can't persuade him the other way around. Like, you, he's all conspiracies. Yeah. Nothing's real. The earth's flat, all that shit. So he's yeah, a good okay. guy to follow if you're into do, that. Do you think the earth is flat? No, I do not. Yeah, I don't yeah. either. I don't know where we're at right now, what the hell we're doing here and stuff, but I don't think it's flat. Yeah, I know it that. It might be. Nah, I don't believe okay. so. It depends how much coffee I had, dude. <laughs> well, that's it for our Ask Anything 1.0 podcast. That was for, fun. From the Sun Support. That was fun, you know. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed listening. You know, if you're quarantined right now and you're just trying to find some shit to do, maybe you turned on yeah. the podcast and you're like, okay, I'll, I'll go down this rabbit hole with these guys. Or maybe you got three minutes in and you go, fuck this. But if you didn't say fuck this and you decided to hang out with us, we hope you enjoyed it. Again, we're going to continue to have our Ask Anything podcast on Tuesdays. We will be recording these on Saturday or Sunday, so we'll put out some information prior to that so you have an opportunity to hit us up at The Suns Report on Twitter, our Suns Report page on Facebook, thesunsreport at gmail.com is a great way to get a hold of us as well. No matter what, just hoping you're uh, you're finding ways to stay healthy and stay productive while we're waiting for the coronavirus to get the fuck out of here. I'm mm-hmm. tired of this thing already. Yes. Don't let these things rule your lives, man. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> great question, fanning the flames, though. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, but that's all I got. This is John Voight is signing out. This is Matthew Lissy. Go home and love your family. Word. Word.